So I went to uh, I went to Joker and not not knowing what to expect, um, but after hearing so many people talk about it, uh, I was expecting the most violent movie ever filmed, uh, and uh, I was quite surprised. On the way there, I even you know sa- said to myself, if it turns out to be that kind of gratuitous violence where it's man's inhumanity to man, I'm leaving. Uh, and I'll walk out um, because I just don't want to put that into me. I just don't I don't like I just don't like watching, you know, torture. Say, pr- pretty much any Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> there's a part where they're always just torturing Mel and he's hanging from chains. And, and you know, you're like, OK, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, so I expected Joker to be really, really, really twisted. And what I found was the opposite in many ways. Um, This movie is unlike any superhero or any comic book uh, movie I've ever seen. Uh, This one is realistic. Um, This takes place in the 1970s. They even open with the old Warner Brothers uh, logo from the 70s. It looks like it's you know, made on film, at least at the beginning. I mean, it is really, uh, it's really, really well done. Joaquin Phoenix is brilliant in this movie. But what I didn't expect was that for the first three quarters of the movie, I would find myself saying, this is a true, Tragedy. This is so incredibly sad because he's clearly disturbed, and and Joaquin Phoenix really plays this very very well. Um, and uh, he plays a character who is a clown in the first scene. I won't give anything away. The first scene um, opens with him getting you know mugged by some kids. He's doing a you know a clown thing on the street and um uh and he gets mugged and beaten by these these kids and you come to find out that that's kind of the life he lives he has lived this life where he's always been picked on always been bullied he's obviously clearly very mentally unstable he had already been <clears throat> been in uh, Arkham uh when he was <clears throat> when he was younger he lives with his mom. He has no real life, none whatsoever. Uh, and nobody sees him and nobody listens to him. And when they do, they beat him up. And you will go through the first uh, three quarters of this movie, uh, I think, feeling really bad for him. And I don't like movies that turn the villain into the good guy and the good guys into a bad guy, which I thought was where they were going with it. Um, It's not. Um, And I was greatly relieved of that. I don't know the director and the writer's uh, POV. I don't know what they were trying to do, but the Joker pretty much is leading, you know, in the end, we all know that he, you know, becomes a leader. Wait, what? Yeah. That's total spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. And he hates Batman. Oh, my God. Okay. 
Oh, thanks um, for giving the whole. I don't have to watch the sequel. But this is this is Occupy Wall Street. This is Antifa. Yeah. Um, that I've heard that from several people yeah, who said the politics of this are not uh, yeah, as no. they've been advertised. It's no. very left. He's a left winger, essentially. Well, he's... Or at least the group he's seems not. to be. Here's, here's, where, here's where you could see it as left, is if you think that the left cares about people. But uh, really, because he's he is genuine on... It's just... Can we be nice to each other? It, the the social media uh, commentary that at least I got from it. They don't talk about social media. It was just taken in the seventies. Um, but uh, to me, his rant is about us. You know, nobody's nice to each other. Why is everybody mean to one another? Why does everybody just say horrible things about one another? Um, that's not what the crowd is doing. The crowd is getting. You know, the anti-rich, uh, hate the wealthy, hate those in power, disrupt the system, burn it all down. That's not what that's not what he's saying. And I would guess in future movies, I, I'm hoping he is asked to be playing the Joker again in uh, in sequels, because I, I thought he was brilliant. He deserves an Oscar for sure. Um, but uh uh, he, he's going to end up again, I think, just being used and beaten because he's he's clearly insane and not smart enough to be putting things together. He's not like the Joker that we've all seen where he's this mastermind. Right. He's not. He's not. Hmm. I, that's interesting. I mean, it, it does seem like the, I mean, the media is ridiculous, right? They make these fake controversies out of everything. And this was the, you know, the initial push on this was, well, it's going to cause mass shootings. Well, if it does, it'll be because of the left. Because it is the message of the left, not the right. It's Antifa. They keep saying it's incels. It's going to make incels essentially involuntary, involuntary celibates, I believe. (laughs) Just, just used to be the losers. Well, it it might. I mean, look, (laughs) if you are unstable. Yeah. Uh, and you go to see this, you will relate to him. Right. And so, but it's the same way that people would relate to um, uh, Edward Norton in Fight Club, right? Yeah. Where like you, you kind of like there's these anti heroes that wind up being heroes to certain segments of the society. He's Number not one, a hero. He, he's not a hero in any way. But that, but neither. I mean, could you know Edward Norton? I mean, yeah. again, spoiler alert: was a terrorist. <laughs> I right, there's right. I, it's impossible to to see him as anything else right. if you actually watch the movie seriously. Right, not Edward Norton the person, by the way. I'm talking about yeah. his character in this particular movie. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where that happens a lot. What's his face? Um, what was the one where where uh, Anonymous was using it? Um, Guy Fox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guy Fox was. Uh, not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, but Guy Fox, but Guy Fox, that was 1600s. Right. But the movie was not 1600s. Yes, the movie yes. came out, you Correct. know, relatively recently. Yeah. And was used as a symbol for uh, a lot of... But he was for Occupy Wall Street. And that fits. They weren't good. Well, but they... They, I mean, they every mass they shooter yeah. says that they're heroic yeah, in some know, way, right? I know, like, I know. Everybody thinks, you know, Hitler thought he was yeah. heroic... Right. Everybody I, thinks they're heroic or comes up with a way to justify their heroic. I personally think that if we all saw Joker and we could all be adults, we could have a very good conversation. I think it's a great conversation starter. You know, it's one that you can w- walk out of and, and say, 
So what does that say about society? Who are, who's he talking about? And, and, and have a real conversation because it's, I mean, how many of these shooters do we know are crazy? They're not, they're, they're, they're not getting proper care, you know, and they feel isolated and bullied. Well, that's what's really happening. Our, our society is sick. It's sick. And I, I think this is the movie of our day. I really do. I, think, I, don't, I don't know what to um, compare it to, um, but it is, I, I think it's the, the maybe Saturday night fever of the 70s where it, was, it just encapsulated that time. And it was like, mm-hmm. that's, right. that's that year. This mm. is now. So two questions for you. Yeah. Number one, I like movies that do challenge me, make me think, make me have conversations after. However, that needs to be paired with it actually being a freaking good movie. Okay, so here's how I reviewed it. By itself, is it a good movie? Here's how I reviewed it. This is a great film. 100% great, one of the better films made. It is also one of the best movies i've seen in a long time wow yeah okay so okay. it's it not an do not go to it thinking that you're going to it, be preached to i'm not no you, you're not going to be preached you to take it if you want to find it you can Correct. add additional layers of conversation and, if you want to but Correct. you don't have to you don't have Just to it's a good movie yeah it's a good movie nobody's preaching to you um it, it's still a gotham movie but it is the least batman mm-hmm. it's probably the lowest body count batman even really. on television. I mean, from Adam West. I mean, it's it's a for a movie in today's world of you know violent movies. This a very low body count. Okay. My second question is more personal. Yeah. I find myself falling into a very familiar pattern, which is I don't like superhero movies, and then everyone starts talking about a superhero movie, and I think ah maybe this one's going to be good, and then I go this to see it, and it sucks. This one's not a superhero movie. Did you like the Batman, Christopher Nolan Batmans? I liked Batman Begins. I remember really liking the, the that was the, is that the one before the one with Heath Ledger? The, the one before that's, that okay, was but very the, dark and I liked it. Right. That's, that's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Christopher yeah, Nolan, was, was I think, did the best Batman, you know, the it, Batman series. It was very dark. Yeah. yeah and but, it was realistic-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, you could say... You could say that this is not in Gotham. It's in New York City, and there is no Batman. And you could, you would be comfortable even the way he dresses in the in the outfit with the green hair. You would go. I, I could see that. It's happening. Like a realistic it's origin a story. Very, it's a very. It's the most realistic Batman uh, or any super movie that I've ever seen. If you make me go see this movie, and it sucks. I am holding you personally responsible. It's going on your record. You will be noted. I, I, just, I just want everybody else to know I'm only giving this review so he will go to this movie. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Don't fool me again. You always no, do you this. No, gotta go. you got to go to it. I, oh I think God. you will like it. All right. But it's, it's not what they say it is. It is. It's, it's not even. I can't say. You know, Silence of the Lambs, disturbing. Disturbing. Mm-hmm. This one's sad. This one's really sad. Did you see it this weekend? Yeah. Really sad. Uh, All right. 
All right, so Pat, I mean, uh, Stu, you got to tell me uh, the what you got to tell the audience what you told me earlier today about Joe Biden. Well, something's been perplexing me a little bit about yeah. Biden in that when the when the focus went to Ukraine and in the impeachment situation that we're dealing with now, there was a part of a widespread, I would say, view that it would hurt Biden because Biden would be dragged into a scandal, and I thought with some smart campaigning there would actually be a real advantage here for Joe Biden because Biden is essentially, think about this from the Democratic perspective for a second, not what we think about the Ukraine thing or none of that. Take it just from the Democrat perspective. The main thing they are voting on is who can beat Donald Trump, who is the most electable. And I think there's a real argument to be made that Joe Biden should come out and say, hey, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, But the president of the United States was harassing foreign leaders to get dirt on me to try to beat me because I'm the one he's afraid of. All these other guys have great policies. You understand, you know, I love Bernie, love love Elizabeth. And there is some evidence that maybe he did this with Elizabeth Warren as well, at least reporting on that he called China Elizabeth Warren, which I don't even know what that's about. We'll maybe find out more (laughs) about that. But I, I might ignore that if I'm Biden at this point and say, look, None of these other people are getting called. The president's not doing that. Yeah, he doesn't like them. He comes up with the little nicknames. He'll come out and tweet about them. But the president of the United States was making calls, risking his presidency to destroy me because he's terrified. He knows that if I am the candidate, I will beat him. And, you know, you can say, listen to all these guys all they want. A lot of their policies are great. But there's a difference here. The American people need someone who's going to beat Donald Trump, not just come up with different ideas. And really exploit it. Like, if I were Biden's campaign, that's what I would be doing. Okay? However, he's he's played around a little bit at the edges with it. He said things sort of in that vein, but not really going that far. Could be, I guess, that his campaign is just really incompetent. And not and maybe thinks that, you know, I don't know. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't go crazy on this. I don't know. However, here's my actual belief at this point. Biden is looking at this. And not making a big deal about it because he is actually worried about what will come up if this is the defining campaign issue of this next election. If if the media, if everyone gets on board to looking into looking at what actually happened with Ukraine, not only with him, but also his son, it could not only hurt him dramatically and maybe destroy his campaign, but also really hurt his son's future. And I don't think Joe Biden's a bad dad. I think he loves his kids. I think he wants to protect them. And I think that's why he didn't run last time. He convinced himself to go for it this time. But I think the media uh, getting into this and the media diving into this full force actually legitimately scares him as to what what outcome uh, comes out of that. So instead of using this as Trump would, right? Trump would be like, he would come out and say just exactly what I said if this happened with Obama and Biden. He'd be like, look, they're targeting me. They're targeting me. They're not targeting Ted Cruz. They're not targeting Marco Rubio. They're coming after me because they're scared of me. Because the number one issue these people are making their decisions on are not about socialism. It's not about taxes. It's not about the Green New Deal. It's about who beats Donald Trump, period. And the fact that he is not exploiting that shows either mass campaign incompetence, which is possible, or he's actually afraid about what comes out if people start looking under this uh, under this under this pile of wood. There's a lot of bugs down there. I 
cannot wait to tell you about the recluse spider that is hiding in that <laughs> stack of logs. Um, because this is something that I talked about about six or seven months ago. And it's happening. You're starting to see it now. I will remind you here in a second. Yeah. This is the Glenbeck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, every 10 minutes at my uh, Twitter account, we are, we are tweeting another piece of evidence on the corruption of the Democrats in Ukraine. And it's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, I, I love these people who were, were all over me all for the last four or five days saying, oh, Glenn Beck's crazy. Just talk to me about the facts. You got, Okay, sure, I'm crazy. I'm nuts. I'm out of control. I'm a liar. Don't talk, to about, don't talk to me about me. Talk to me about the facts that I presented. Uh, nobody seems to want to do that, and there's a reason for it. And we're tweeting it out. We are being uh, throttled, shadow banned massively by uh facebook and by youtube massively by youtube and even twitter we got a couple of things uh today one from charlie kirk and the other one is from the um president's campaign uh man is he the manager campaign manager parscal um that's right he said my average tweet gets 250 to 400,000 impressions a great tweet gets a million this tweet has 40,000, the lowest of any tweet since I became manager. Hmm. Cards are so stacked against us, you won't stop us from getting this out. And what he was talking about was he, he emailed or he tweeted uh, the 50-minute uh, the monologue that I did at the chalkboard. Charlie Kirk saw the same thing. He said a typical tweet of mine will get 150,000 impressions and 36,000 engagements. When I shared the tweet about the truth behind Ukraine, it only had 237 impressions. From 150,000 to 237, the algorithm is taking anything with my monologue on it, and they are suppressing it. Uh, we need your help to get it out. Now, this is the biggest video the blaze has ever produced in almost a 10-year history uh it is gigantic on the platform this is why we ask you please subscribe to the blaze uh if you subscribe to the blaze uh go to blaze tv.com slash glenn use the promo code glenn and you're going to save uh, 10 bucks but we are being suppressed uh and throttled and shadow banned by the media trying to get this out the reason why is because when people see it, they connect with it when they actually watch it. So what they have to do is they have to discredit me, call this a conspiracy, train people not to watch it. And while they do that, make sure it's not really available. We need your help. So today I'm also um, I'm also tweeting every 10 minutes another fact from the chalkboard Every 10 minutes. We're just to go through the chalkboard. It's going to take us six hours today. And I would ask that you would retweet this. And, and if you will, just to target Lindsey Graham uh, and the DOJ and, and uh, Attorney General Barr 
because I, I think they need to see it. Barr is, I think, working on this. Uh, and Lindsey Graham needs to open up an investigation in uh, the Senate. If if the press won't talk about it, fine. Investigate. They're the only ones that can. By the way, if if you subscribe, I, I'm asking you to subscribe uh, today because your subscription is what paid for this original video and investigation. And I want to hire a an investigative reporter to finish this because no one in the media. We learned this from Fox. We did all that research and thought somebody in the media would pick it up, and they never did. Fine. Not playing that game a second time. Uh, I could really use your subscription because your, you know, $9 a month, or I think it's $10 off, $8 a month, will go to pay for a investigative re- reporter that I, I really want to hire to finish this job. But we need your support at blazetv.com slash Glenn. All right, I want to talk a little bit about this mess in the NBA. Um, I think this is I think this is sickening, absolutely sickening. So is he the GM of the Rockets? Yeah, GM of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey. Okay. Um, and if you don't follow the NBA, before we get into the China part of this, which is the big controversy, if you don't follow the NBA, you don't know who Daryl Morey is. But he is no less than a legendary figure in the NBA. He has essentially change the way the entire sport has been played uh basically diving into analytics at a much higher rate he's you know it's very similar to like a money ball story mm-hmm. um where he's he embraced this very early he's really one of the first people who embraced looking at the sport in a totally different way you know and it's the reason why people shoot so many three-pointers now instead of two-pointers why people stop taking mid-range jump shots i mean he legitimately Change the way the game is played. He is a legendary figure. He is, I mean, I, maybe he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame because of uh, China uh, and his comments on China, but like he's a lock Hall of Famer in my mind, at least. He's never won. You imagine, you imagine, mm-hmm. you don't get into the Hall of Fame and you've changed the sport mm-hmm. because you stood against China. After they killed 60 million people and have probably another 10 million in concentration camps today. Yeah. And you saying stand with Hong Kong stops you from being a valued legend. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he he didn't even come out really against China he just basically came out with one short tweet deleted quickly after stand with Hong Kong stand with Hong Kong that's it and now he's you know this has gone completely out of control to the point where uh the 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 Rockets basically attacked him immediately on it his own team um there is talk now that he may be fired this is a guy who took the Rockets from a middling team to the 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 verge of winning NBA championships. He hasn't been able to pull it off yet, but they went from is nowhere to anyone. Is there anyone within the sound of my voice that makes money in an international business that thinks that maybe we shouldn't be coddling communist China? Is there anybody that has a problem? Facebook. What are they doing? They're helping them find people. Google helping China find people to put them in concentration camps. 
I mean, what are they doing? And it's amazing, too, right now that this is happening because, you know, Donald Trump just took a beating, and I believe rightfully so, for congratulating China on its 70 years of communism or whatever he tweeted the other day when they had their 70th anniversary. It was not a good moment for the president in my mind. Um, And he got a lot of criticism, not only from the right, but also uh, from the media as a whole um, saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, is this is this the right thing to do? Well, I mean, I hope this gives a moment of reflection here because the, the rockets just to give you the timeline here, Maury comes out and he says, hey, you know, stand with Hong Kong. The rockets take, you know, attack him immediately on it. We are not a political organization. You shouldn't say these things. One of the reasons for this is they have a very close tie to China. Yao Ming played there. They have the they're the most popular NBA team in China, which is obviously a massive market. Um, so they start pushing back on, on them. He deletes the tweet. He writes an extensive apology for it, which he should be embarrassed for. Uh, other owners have come out and said, well, what people don't understand when they're attacking uh, the NBA for, for saying these things is that, you know, this is a separatist movement. This is a separatist movement. Yeah, against, <laughs> against for freedom of speech and freedom to be who you want against a communist yeah. dictator. This is this is a this is a oh government that currently, as you point out, has, uh, has millions, if not a ten million people in pol- as political prisoners currently, and also is responsible for more than three times as many people as Nazi Germany killed. They killed in in this government. They also are responsible for organ harvesting today. Oh yeah, they're also you know they're... raping our country with intellectual property. This is inexcusable, inexcusable. And you know, this is a this is an organization, the NBA. Two things: number one, pulled their All Star game out of Charlotte because they were so I offended. Know. I know by the bathroom debate, the transgender bathroom debate and that law that they passed that said you have to go in the bathroom of your biological sex at birth. That was so offensive. They pulled a massive event out of Charlotte because of it. This is an this is an organization that has banned the use of the word owner because it's racially insensitive. And yet, right now, millions of Uyghurs in China are imprisoned because of their political views. Christians as well. And we know, I mean, we don't need to go through the, the list of human rights abuses uh, with China. This audience already knows the story. But it is completely insane. And I, I, I actually had a moment of, of optimism, which happens very rarely for me. <laughs> a moment of optimism yeah. in which I thought, is this the thing? That gets people, a couple of people in the media to have 30 seconds of reflection. Nope. To say, hold on. Nope. To say to themselves, you know, nope. when we do stuff like this, like nope. for an example, they talk about um, some uh, Muslim uh, issue will mm-hmm. pop up. Like mm-hmm. some Muslims mm-hmm. having some issue mm-hmm. in some city and then we're talking mm-hmm. about hatred and something mm-hmm. Ilan Omar will break up mm-hmm. and bring up. And conservatives say, hey guys, you know they're throwing gay people off of roofs. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, you know, they're just executing gay people for no reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should change your priorities a little bit. Let's take care of that together. Mm-hmm. And then we can worry. We can fight all back and forth about the bathroom thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And will there be a moment where this is no. so clear? No. Right? Like, look at the way China is controlling the NBA. No. The NBA made a statement apologizing to communists because one general manager said they stood with Hong Kong. 
That is completely insane. Well, the NBA, Mike Bass, spokesman for the league, said that it was very regrettable that Maury's views deeply offended many of our friends oh and our God. fans I mean, in China. Um, you know, he has a right to, to, to say it, I guess. But we have great respect for the history and the culture of China and hope that sports and the NBA can be used as a uni- unifying force to bridge cultural divides and bring people together. Mm. I mean, and, and I think it was Clay Travis who made this point the first I heard it, but it's a great one, which is where are all of these players where are the LeBron Jameses of the world who come out every time there's a, 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 a divisive issue here in the United States? Where's he? Where's Steve Kerr? Where are all these guys that are lecturing us every single time there's he, a divisive issue? He wrote, Clay Travis wrote, Will outspoken NBA woke activist Steve Kerr, LeBron James, mm-hmm. and Greg Popovich Stand up for Daryl Morley and his support of democracy in Hong Kong. They're awfully outspoken about Trump. Surely they'll condemn the NBA <laughs> for bending the knee to China over GM's support for democracy, right? And I think the answer to that will be no. no I mean, I hope, it, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, you know, they haven't had they enough won't. chance to really probably come out and comment on this. Give them a few days. But it is full. I'm full I fully expect that they will not. And it... There has to be some limit of this, right? I mean, this the entire league is folding to communists. Uh, That sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory. It is happening in front of us. They're making statements so that you know that they're taking this stance. They're not even doing it behind the scenes. No, they don't. They don't think you mind. They don't think you. They don't think you mind uh, that that that, uh, we are in bed with. I mean, and. And it's not even 2000, the year 2000 anymore. You know, it's in the year 2000, you were kind of like, ah, well, China is kind of backward and blah, 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 blah. No, then, you know, oh, and they're poisoning our dog food. and They don't really care about it. No, now they are literally rounding people up Mm -hmm. using American technology Mm -hmm. and American brain power to put their people behind walls in a concentration camp where... Many are reporting that they're being sterilized to wipe an entire population of people out. A country that has already wiped out 60 million, possibly many more. And nobody seems to care. Everybody's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, look at that. Social credit, that's crazy over there in China. Hey, can we sell them some crap? Mm-hmm. This, is the kind of, this is the kind of capitalism that is grotesque. Hey, don't forget, uh, on my Twitter feed all day today, I ask that you would retweet it. And if you can, uh, tweet members of uh, the Senate um, and and, uh, Attorney General Barr, but specifically, I think, uh, Lindsey Graham. We are tweeting all of the facts from last week's chalkboard on what happened with Ukraine, all the evidence. It's going to take six hours coming out every 10 minutes, but please retweet it and share it with friends.